He recycles. The bar is in hell. The bar is in hell and we've already passed over it. Hello. 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 <laughs> We're back, baby. Yes. We are now halfway through Pride Month, which is wild. I feel like it's zipping right by. We're halfway through with this episode. We're like before the episode, we're halfway through. Once we're halfway through this episode, we are exactly yeah. halfway through. <laughs> okay. I was wondering because I think I was like there are five Wednesdays, right? Yeah. So we have after this episode, we have two more. Wowie. Yeah. It's been pretty pride-filled, I think, because there was um, a hiatus on a lot of events Yeah, because of the pandemic, of course, that this year is really a time for people to be reconnected with their communities and mm-hmm. get to enjoy the events that normally happen around this time of year. Yeah, definitely. That's been really nice to see. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of things that are, you know, happening now that are coming up, you know, modern times. We have a like brand new movie that we're covering that just came out like 2 weeks ago. Yes, we decided to kind of go off the not off the grid. What's it called? <laughs> go off the rails, I guess you could say, <laughs> and do a new movie. Yeah, this was uh this was recommended to us by our good pal Monica, so Thank you, Monica, because this film was a freaking delight. It was a blast. Today, we are doing 2022's Fire Island, written and starring Joel Kim Booster. Yes. And if you haven't seen this movie, which if you haven't, just pause this episode right now and go watch it. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Yeah. It's it's on Disney Plus here in Canada. There you go. But... um, yeah, it is an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. And I would say, as somebody who has never read the book but has seen the 2005 Keira Knightley one, a pretty faithful adaptation. It's, like, really cool the way that he was able to work in all of, like, the major plot points, but also, like, certain elements of, like, the original story. And also, like, a couple references to the 2005 movie as well. A lovely little rain mm-hmm. scene that we have, so... Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, I was talking to Monica about the movie, and I've actually never seen The Pride and Prejudice with Kara Knightley, mm-hmm. but we were talking about it, and she was explaining the plot lines and stuff, and I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that is a really faithful adaptation. Yeah. Without, like, I mean, I didn't even know about that until after I had seen the movie. Mm. So as someone who had just seen it, like, fresh, no expectations – it was still incredibly entertaining not knowing that it was based off of Pride and Prejudice. Definitely, yeah. So, like, our main character, Noah, is obviously Elizabeth Bennet. Um, Bowen Yang, who plays Howie, is uh, Jane Bennet. We have Conrad Ricamora, who plays Will, based on Mr. Darcy. And I did like that the name Will was chosen because it's part of Darcy's First name, which they almost never say, but it's Fitzwilliam. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. And then we have uh, James Scully, who you may recognize from the hit show You as 40 Quinn. That was crazy. <laughs> Mo did not recognize him until I, I told her. I was after. like, he looks so familiar. He looks like Adam Brody. Who is that? Why do I fucking know this face? 
Yeah. When I found out it was 40, I was freaking out. Yeah. He plays Charlie based on Charles Bingley. Obviously, we have the amazing Margaret Cho, who plays Erin. Oh, she is Miss Bennett. Matt Rogers plays Luke, who is Lydia Bennett and Tomas Matos. I don't want to butcher your last name. Tomas Matos. Yes. I think you're right. Um, plays Keegan, who is based on Kitty Bennett. And then, you know, obviously there's more, but those are kind of our main, our main players. Very clever, very clever, Joel. But I was watching an interview um, with Joel on the Stephen Colbert show from a couple weeks ago, and he talked about how he got the idea to write the script on his first ever trip to Fire Island, which he actually went on with Bo and Yang. And while he was there, he had brought his own copy of Pride and Prejudice because he has always been a Jane Austen fan his whole life, like always a really big reader. And while Mm -hmm. he was there, he was so struck by like the parallels between this like world that he was living in on Fire Island and the world of Pride and Prejudice and kind of all like the class politics and like the way that these two communities kind of paralleled each other and was like, hey guys, what if I wrote like a gay Pride and Prejudice set on Fire Island and everyone was like, boo, tomato, tomato. Perfect. (laughs) And I was like, I love it. Yeah. And then it just became like a running thing of every year. He was like, what if I wrote this thing? And everyone was like, that's a terrible idea. But he was like, no, this is like a good idea. And then he wrote it and it was a good idea. Catch me writing one of my experiences at Cubbyhole Mm. as a new lesbian movie. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it won't be as interesting as this movie, (laughs) but I'll, I'll workshop it. Just pick a classic and do a little adaptation, set it in Cubbyhole and you're good to go. Maybe I'll do a little like... People, you know what people love? An adaptation of Twelfth Night. They do. They do love a Twelfth Night (laughs) adaptation. They love it. (laughs) Holy shit. Before we get into it, we will say Bone Yang and Matt Rogers. Matt at NYU. Go Violets. Yeah. Go, go Violets, bitches. (laughs) Go Bobcats. (laughs) Yeah. And they have a podcast together Mm -hmm. called Las Culturistas. I know that it's a very popular podcast, so yes. we'll see if they if they mention us in the story. <laughs> yes. Um, so before we dive in, let's do a couple of reviews. Yeah. So our first review is from Tori, the host of Ready to Be Petty. You've definitely heard her on our podcast in our To All the Boys episode and both editions of the star dazzle awards we love tori mm-hmm. we love ready to be petty so if you're not already listening gotta go listen to ready to be petty and we wanted to pick like a really good classic for you tori so we decided on stop by the spice girls uh this was inspired by the fact that i did recently rewatch spice world and it was impeccable for this montage i think that it is like a gorgeous sunny day in victoria you're like you know what i'm going out for brunch you put on like this really cute dress that like you just feel like so beautiful in and you like get your hair done you do a little makeup get your sunglasses and you start strolling down the streets you're listening to stop by the spice girls just feeling amazing you show up you meet your friends everybody's so excited to see each other sit down order a couple mimosas maybe a bellini maybe a bloody mary whatever your brunch beverage of choice is and you and your friends just have like the best time joking around laughing gossiping a little bit maybe and everybody orders their food and you just end up staying there for hours because you have so much fun 
sun and so much to talk about. I think you're sitting on like a patio situation. So you have like the sun, but it's not too sunny where you're like sweating and dying. It's just like that perfect, lovely temperature and everyone's having a freaking blast. Love you, Tori. And the next review we have is for Jujuabean17. I really like that username. Yeah. And we gave you Tailrent of a Heart when I'm with you by NSYNC. Tearing Up My Heart is a classic NSYNC, Bob. Oh, yes. You were just giving us big, cold, hard 90s vibes. So in this montage, what I picture is you are getting ready for a date, for a night out. Who knows? But you put on your YouTube, you open up your colorful MacBook. We're talking the weird curvy one with the like yellow. With the handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Exactly, (laughs) exactly. You open up YouTube, you put on Tear Up My Heart by NSYNC and you do your makeup routine. You put on your body spray. You pick out the perfect tank top and you're like, oh my God, I'm breaking hearts tonight. Mm. You are ready to go. Amazing. And last but not least, we have a review from Thai, Thai guy, Thai G, one, two, two, one. And for you, we decided on the song, a little bit of a deep cut that I don't think gets enough love. Beautiful, Dirty, Rich by... Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful and dirty, dirty, rich, rich, dirty, dirty, rich. By... um. No other than Lady Gaga herself. And this is the quintessential classic montage where you have something to go to, whether it's like a high school reunion or it's like a scheme of some sort where there's an event involved. A high school reunion or a scheme. I'm yeah, sad. where it's like we, we have to get ready for this this thing and you need to go on a shopping spree. True. Yeah. So... This montage is you just like blowing all that cash. You're picking up shoes. You're picking up pants. You're picking up shirts. You're picking up dresses. Whatever it is you're wearing, you're getting all of it because you need to look freaking amazing for whatever this event is. The staff are there to help you with whatever you need. You're trying all these different outfits. Money is no object in this montage. It's like the paycheck just hit. And you're, like, getting everything you need. And by the end, you have, like, 16 outfits for, like, this one event. So, spoiled for choice. Thank you so much for the reviews, everybody. We appreciate them so much. We are now in the May reviews. So, if you left a review in May, it's coming up. And uh, if you, listener, would like a little montage shout-out, be sure to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And always feel free to DM us if you left one. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. We love to make them personal. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And it's really, like, the best part of our week Mm -hmm. um, to read your reviews. And it makes us feel really good. Yeah. So, trust me, it's something we take like very seriously and we Mm -hmm. love to give you a montage song so thank you so much yeah that being said should we get into this new hit let's freaking do it
So we open up. I didn't get this in my version of the movie when I watched it, but apparently it is sponsored by Barefoot Wine. I did get I got that from like <laughs> fucking Hulu. I don't know if it was just like that one ad I got, but yeah. Mm. Barefoot Wine said, wow. we are in this. <laughs> they said, yeah. hi, gay. Have you seen that Megan Stalter video? No. Where it's like, oh my God. Okay, before we start getting into the movie, it's like a video that she posted on Twitter a year ago for Pride Month where it was like corporations during Pride. She's like, hi, gay. Happy Pride Month. We are sashaying away with deals. This month at the Butter Shop, we're running a special deal. If you can prove that you're queer, you get three pints off your fir- your your choice of creamed, checked or drowned drowned butter yes okay i have actually seen that i have actually seen that. yeah and that sounds like a direct parody of cracker barrel yeah it's like sashay your way into savings today oh my god <laughs> anyways so we also get the like searchlight opening which i did get in my version with the acapella rendition let's let's go ladies yeah it was perfection and uh, that's when we hear, she's an icon, she's a legend, she's an icon, she's a legend, which is <laughs> Noah's alarm on his phone, our main character, Noah. He starts narrating to us, as he does through the remainder of the film, and he starts with the quote from Pride and Prejudice, which is, a single man in possession of a good fortune should be in want of a wife. And he's like, while I love my... My gal, Jane Austen, that sounds like some hetero nonsense because not every man is in want of a wife. (laughs) And that's when we see his, like, one-night stand wake up and he basically has to, like, awkwardly kick this man out of his apartment because guess what? He's got to catch the ferry to Fire Island. Fire (laughs) Island. Have you ever been to Fire Island? No, but there are deer there and I'm like, how did the deer get there? It's an island. Were they always there? Someone, please tell us. (laughs) Please tell us why they're a deer. Yeah. But yes, he has to go to Fire Island, which if you don't know is, I believe it's like a, it's technically considered like Long Island area, but basically there's two areas of it, which is the Pines and um, Cherry Grove, which is where like a lot of gay people go in the summer. It kind of like became like a safe haven for gay people. Um Things kind of like changed, like the landscape of it changed a little bit after like the AIDS crisis, but it Mm. remains like has always been like a very popular vacation spot for gay people. So he describes it as the gay Disney world and we see him just make it onto the ferry with his friends and they're basically all like poor millennials. They met 10 years ago because they worked at the same brunch spot in Williamsburg We meet Luke and Keegan. The two of them met in theater school but got kicked out of their program, but they still Mm -hmm. think that they're stars. Max, who's, like, really smart but also super uptight. Max, I believe, is supposed to be Mary Mary Bennett, one of the sisters. And then we meet Howie, who is Noah's, like, best friend. But he moved to San Francisco a few years ago but always comes back for their Fire Island trip. On the ferry, Noah takes off his shirt and the group is like, "Uh, you're conforming to body standards. Um, And someone mentions that mantra, um, 
which you might've heard if you're in the gay community, it's like no fats, no femmes, no Asians. And Noah's like, listen, I still fall into two of those three categories. So we start getting kind of a, a taste for within the gay community, like prejudices. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Prejudices that people have. So even within this safe haven, it's still very much like there are people who are more valued by the community for mm-hmm. like bad reasons, right? Yeah. So Noah says that in their community, money isn't the only form of currency. There's also race, masculinity, and apps, to name a few. And the ferry pulls out to Fire Island. If you're ever in New York, the ferry is the same amount as a subway ticket. It's two seventy five. Yeah. Go take a ferry ride. It's lovely. <laughs> so they get to the island. They start making their way to the house that they're staying at. And um, there are some, like, men that walk by that Luke tries to say hello to. Like, hey, guys, how's it going? And they're both, like, ew as they keep walking. Like, very judgmental and mm-hmm. rude. Oh, yeah. Keegan and Luke are more feminine mm-hmm. gay men. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of, like – implied that people are less attracted to that Mm -hmm. and luke is like wow this place is so toxic and noah says fuck those guys as far as i'm concerned we are the hottest people here hell yeah and noah says that not everybody comes here just to fuck he also came here to read and they're like "Ooh, you think you like so much (laughs) better than us because you love to read And he's like, besides, anybody can fuck on Fire Island. And Howie just, like, scoffs at him, which is our first sign that there's, you know, there's something going on there. Mm. They finally arrive at the house, which is owned by Erin. She is, like, the final piece to their gang. Her kind of, like, descriptor is career brunch server, age unknown, lesbian scam queen, because five years ago she made a small fortune (laughs) when she ate a piece of glass at an Italian restaurant, Olive Garden. Olive Garden is the restaurant, I'm sure. (laughs) That's so wild. And uh, the first thing that she did with the money was to buy a house on Fire Island. Mm -hmm. And Noah says that they come and stay with her every year. And in exchange, they let her believe that she is the closest thing that any of them have to a mother. But for Noah, that's sort of true. We cut to Howie and Noah sitting on the roof of the house. And Howie says that coming here was a mistake. They used to come here to be gay and stupid. And now he just feels terminally alone. Howie is more of a romantic than Noah. It's, like, Mm -hmm. very clear. He's looking for something permanent, not just, like, a one-night stand. That's not very fulfilling for him. Yeah. So Noah says he's never had a boyfriend either, and he's awesome, and Howie could be just like him. He just has to get laid every once in a while. And this time, during their vacation at Fire Island, Noah is going to be his wingman. And Howie is, like, kind of confused because Noah's being super insistent about this. So he's like, "Yeah, why is this so important to you? And Noah's like, when we met, I felt invisible. I was really um, miserable being myself. And we came here and something just clicked. Like, I realized how much power I was giving away to other people who made me feel a certain way. So I decided to take all of it back. I did some self-improvement and 
my whole life changed. Yeah, it's like implied that the self-improvement is like he worked on his body. Like that's that's like totally. his, his currency that he's now using. Yeah. Exactly. And so how he's like, well, I do like the romantic rom-com stuff. What's wrong with that? And Noah says nothing. It just isn't real. The only real thing is the two of them. Fuck the rest. Howie gives in and he's like, okay, I'll try to get laid, but I have to be attracted to the person. The person has to be nice to me and no weird fetishes. And Noah's like, okay, kink shamey, but you're going to have amazing missionary vanilla sex with a man of your dreams and he's not even going to look at another guy until Howie gets laid. Yeah. Pretty big promise to make on an island where he just said they can get like all the dick they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is now the mission statement of the holiday. Mm -hmm. Get Howie laid. So we then go out to Aaron's pool where Noah is texting and Max kind of like runs out of the house screaming about a tick in his bed, I believe. And (laughs) he ends up bumping Noah, causing his phone to fall into the pool. So they throw it in a bag of rice. Noah cannot afford a new phone. And they're like, oh, just get Mama Aaron to buy you a new one. And she starts crying. Yeah. Noah's like, oh, my God, no, unless – can you? Yeah. And she starts crying. He's like, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It turns out she is broke. <gasps> oh, no. She's like, I was never good with money. I was an early investor in Quibi, which <laughs> Mo informed me that this movie was originally picked up by Quibi before yeah, it Yeah, for like a series. Went under. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Holy shit. Pretty wild. So basically, since she is destitute- she has to sell the house. So this is their last, like, summer. And she's like, oh, no, like, you guys can still come back. You don't need me. And Noah's like, what are you talking about? I need all of you. And it wouldn't be the same to come here without you, without this house that we, like, mm-hmm. you know, spent all these years in and made all these memories in. And Aaron is like, well, we still have this week. So let's all go get dressed and go to tea. So Noah then goes over to look at this wall of uh, photos of all of them on the wall throughout the years and says that he's got to make this week count. Mm -hmm. The crew rolls up to tea. Noah tells us that back in the day, the tea dance was a discreet way for gay people to gather and dance without getting arrested. That's why it was on Fire Island. Um, It was like a safe haven. And... All the guys are in Grinder in the present day. I'm like, you're in you're in Grinder in person right yes. now. <laughs> yes. So Max is like, I can't imagine uh, this is what the gay liberation front envisioned for them. And Noah's like, apart from the Charlie XCX remix, this is exactly what they envisioned for us. So <laughs> Howie is like, you know what? I'm going to start the party and he lets loose. And he's like, what's the point of gay liberation if we can't feel a little liberated? And he starts dancing around everyone. He's doing some spins. Then (gasps) no one notices a QT at the bar looking at Howie. And Howie gets a little freaked out. He's like, Mm -hmm. what? Someone's looking at me? What? (laughs) Me? (laughs) And literally everyone starts um, staring at him. 
the the whole group, right, is looking at this guy. So yeah. he waves and smiles at Howie. Mm-hmm. Then Noah's like, okay, I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to get us drinks. Yes. So in his voiceover, Noah says he doesn't want to push Howie too hard. But as soon as he can, you know, let go of his insecurities and get laid, the sooner Noah can get laid. And that's when Noah sees a cutie at the bar, Will, standing all by his lonesome. And he starts to say hi when some random dude named Moses cuts in. And he's like, couldn't help notice you looking at me over there. And uh, tries to guess Noah's ethnicity. He's like, I can always tell. Yeah. Are you whatever? It's Are you Korean? Are you Vietnamese? Yeah. Stupid, stupid shit. Mm -hmm. So Noah then grabs Will, the cutie from the bar, who is passing by. And he's like, oh, no, actually, my boyfriend is getting us drinks. And Will does not play along in the slightest. He's just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, Will, man. (laughs) He's like, I don't understand. He goes robot mode. Come on. And he just ends up walking away, leaving Noah to uh, fend for himself. So Noah rejoins the group. He's like, someone else has to get us drinks. Aaron has already found Howie's cutie's Instagram. And Noah's like, oh, I hope he's cool because his friend, clearly a dad. Mm-hmm. It turns out the guy's name is Charlie. He has a dog a plant, and a stethoscope emoji in his bio. But Charlie starts to leave with his friends, and Noah's like, oh, my God, no, we can't let them leave. So he ends up pushing <laughs> Howie yeah. on the ground. Like, I'm like, talking down Howie, steps. Like, <laughs> like, knees in pain, right? Mm-hmm. And Charlie helps him up. He's like, are you okay? And Howie's like, oh, yeah, it, it happens all the time. <laughs> um, Bonyang is so like cute and charming here. So and, good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Charlie is like, well, you must have very strong bones. And Howie's like, oh, just my knees. Oh my gosh. Wait, <laughs> that sounds inappropriate. And they like both laugh. It's and Charlie's so cute. like, it's so sweet. <laughs> and Charlie's like, okay, well, me and my friends were just going to go catch the sunset. And Noah's like, oh, yeah, like we were doing that too. So they <laughs> yes. end up going to the sunset together. Oh, my gosh. It's I I think also James Scully does a great job of just being like so earnest and clueless the whole uh, film. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is he supposed to be Mr. Darcy? No. Mr. Darcy is Will. Oh, and that's Tom from Succession. Yes. Yes, Matthew McFadden. Okay, that's crazy because I would have assumed Tom from Succession would play Charlie. No, no. Um, Matthew McFadden does a really great job as Darcy in the 2005 movie. It's like so completely different to Tom, like his portrayal of Tom. But like, Yeah, I can only imagine. Oh my gosh, he's so good. Uh, It really shocked me because I watched Succession before I watched Pride and Prejudice. So I was like – Tom, what are you doing here? But you rascal. <laughs> he's so good. You've bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, love, love you is like his very like quoted line in Pride and Prejudice when he confesses his love for Lizzie. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we go to the sunset, Howie and Charlie sitting on the pier, totally hitting it off. So then of course Charlie's friend Cooper 
my fucking nemesis in this movie, interrupts the convo. And he's like, what do you do again? What's your job? Howie says that, you know, he works for a startup in San Francisco, whatever, whatever. Noah then chimes in and he's like, I'm a powerful lawyer like Christine Baranski in The Good Wife. And they're like, really? He's like, no. I'm a nurse. Obviously not. (laughs) He's like, no, I think that all lawyers are evil. Turns out Will in the back there is actually a lawyer. And he's like, whoops, my bad. Noah tells us that Will is from L.A., super rich, and clearly thinks that he's better than all of them. And yes, Noah says that he's actually a nurse at a free clinic. So then we have this moment, which I really loved, where they do this countdown to the sunset, um, but they keep mistiming the countdowns. They have to be like, one point nine point eight until they finally line it up and everybody cheers it's super cute i also loved how charlie is not watching the sunset at all he is only watching howie i thought that was so cute he's just like i love that he 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 i'm smitten yeah will and cooper are not fans of this whole countdown thing but they're sticks in the mud so what are you gonna do yeah also um, Monica was telling me how in the book, Pride and Prejudice, the family The Bennett family. Yes. The Bennett family is like considered really kooky and mm-hmm. like weird and shit. Yes. So all of this like quirks and the little like mm-hmm. inside jokes they have is like mirroring their family dynamic in that book. Definitely, yeah. And like Darcy and Bingley, and also the character that Cooper is based off of – Cooper is actually based off of a hybrid of two characters, Mm -hmm. Caroline Bingley, who is Charles Bingley's sister, and Lady Catherine. And in Pride and Prejudice, Caroline Bingley has a thing for Darcy. So, like, she does not like Elizabeth Bennet, Noah. So, Cooper not liking Noah is, like, that Mm -hmm. sort of triangle situation. So, after the sunset, they all, like, get up. And Howie's just like, well, it was nice to meet you and I'll see you around the island. And Charlie's like, okay. And Noah's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, (laughs) go get his number or something. And Howie's like, no, he's like a super handsome doctor. He thinks he's way too good for him. And I'm like, come on, Howie. You got to believe in yourself, Howie, come on, man. And Noah is like, stop that right there. You are a prize to be won. And then he starts, like, pushing Howie again to go talk to Charlie. And Charlie's like, oh, hey, um, we were actually wondering if you wanted to come to an after party at ours. Super low key, just, like, some wine and, like, the hot tub. And Howie's like, yeah, let, let me go ask. Like, we might have plans. Let me go ask. He walks over and they're all like, what the fuck? Yes, we want to go. A <laughs> <Our> hot tub. <laughs> He's like, be cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good with us. That's good with us. I really love that shot because it's like a dark pier. Yeah, it's a super wide Will shot. And Cooper are on one side, yeah, and the, mm-hmm. the rest of Noah and his house are on the other side, and they're in the middle, and it's like Howie and Charlie, and he like goes and he talks and he comes back. Mm-hmm. And it's like really uh it's so good. Mm-hmm. This movie is like beautifully shot. The cinematography is like stunning. Yeah, who's the DP on this one? Yeah, come on, killed it, killed it. Who did the shot list? You freaks. <laughs> okay, so at the party, the gang decides to walk over 
what do they bring with them? Oh, a partially drinking bottle of wine. <laughs> Classic. And they realize that Charlie lives on the beach. A huge mansion. Huge. Just like, like gigantic. So they go over and Noah's like, all right, get this bottle out of here. Tosses the <laughs> bottle and someone's like, oh, help. <laughs> and so they go in. Brayden is like, can, can I, I help, help you? you? Are you new here? <laughs> yeah, like, why are you here? And Noah's like, oh, why wouldn't we belong here? Mm-hmm. And then Cooper comes out the cut and is like, oh, hey, guys. Like, how's it going? And he's yeah. like, see, we're mm-hmm. friends. Oh, yeah. There's this great quote that Noah has um, where he says, everyone thinks you have to be rich, successful, and white with 7% body fat to vacation on Fire Island. Those people are all at this party. Yeah. So that that really sets the tone that paints the for picture. what we're seeing. After this, like, encounter – we kind of realize that Noah's the one who stands up for the group. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to summon his place. And yeah, he kind of just like has really thick skin, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get to like come in and stuff. And Luke and Hegan immediately freak out over the amount of booze available, the, the cheese. cheese in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Noah's like, okay, guys, like, please take it easy, you know. Don't get too fucked up on your first day. Yeah. And he tries to coach Howie, who is going slow and steady with Charlie. Just so, like describing old SNL sketches to him uh, as his you ever, flirting. You've never seen gays in space? What? But Charlie is eating it up. He's like so yes. into him. Yeah. He's having a great time. But Noah decides to take it upon himself to get some answers. Like... Noah is really just like, come on, like you need to fuck. Oh, mm-hmm. I have to rein in Luke and Keegan. Like he is doing the most to kind of like regulate everyone. Yeah. And he can't really worry about himself. Like he feels like he has to worry about everyone else. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely like a very, con- very control oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, but Howie, on the other hand, is just like wanting to talk to charlie like get to know him yeah and when noah's like okay clearly he's into you how he's like i think he just likes talking to me like he's a pediatrician and like he's like really nice and stuff but noah's like get your head in the freaking game man yeah i'm gonna go figure out what's going on so noah goes to the bathroom and decides to rifle through charlie's toiletries to see what kind of meds he's on. And that's when he hears Charlie and Will talking in the bedroom. Charlie says that he's, you know, into Howie. He thinks that he's really cute and funny. And Will is like, listen, you've only been single for a month. Look at his friends. They're clearly just using us for free liquor. And Charlie's like, okay, yeah, they're a little quirky, but what about Noah? And Will is like, he's fine. I guess. I mean, he's not hot enough to be that annoying. Ouch. And Noah's like, what the fuck? That's a harsh thing to say. So Will then asks Charlie why he even invited him here, because clearly Will is having a terrible time. And Charlie is like, well, Cooper's just a family friend, and I wanted a real friend with me here this week. And Will is like, okay, I just want you to be careful because people take advantage of you for your kindness and for your money. 
And Charlie's like, okay, can you just promise me that you'll try and have a good time? Will does not say anything. They just leave. I just wanted to say, in case you're not familiar, um, the reason that Noah goes into Charlie's, like, medicine or, like, toiletries to look for his medicine is because after the AIDS crisis and, like, I guess in more modern medical history, like, yeah. They've created a drug that prevents HIV AIDS. Mm -hmm. So it's important if you're engaging in sexual acts to find out if your partner is on prep so yeah. that you don't contract HIV AIDS. Mm -hmm. So he's like, instead of you asking and finding <laughs> out the answer, what I'll do is search through his personal belongings. Yeah, we do get like a few references to prep. There's one earlier on where it's like, can anybody trade like a prep pill for a white strip or something like that? Yeah, crust like, white strip. <laughs> yeah, said in passing. Um, yeah, so we do get quite a few references to it throughout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Noah decides to go back downstairs. He's pissed after overhearing this. And when he comes downstairs, Howie tells him that they were just talking about him. And Brayden is like, oh, yeah, where'd you get your bathing suit, Amazon? And Howie's like, it's actually a family heirloom. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's like a thong. It's like a Speedo. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Noah's whole thing is he always has, like, a witty comeback. He is always, mm -hmm. like, on and ready. Um, and it's, like, totally a defense mechanism. 100%, yeah. Which is why he, he often, like, comes across as really abrasive because he will always take, like, kind of anything that comes his way as an insult and is ready to, like, fire back immediately, which I assume is, like, learned behavior from from stuff in his past and probably growing up as well. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. If you're like, oh, my parents, my my own family doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, love me. And, oh, well, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, I'm going to be abrasive. But then it kind of goes to shit here. Aaron comes over and tells Noah that they have a problem. Luke and Keegan are too drunk. We look over at Luke and Keegan and they're like by the hot tub holding a bunch of cheese and like maybe Keegan is like spraying Luke with some like wine. Yeah, they're like splashing wine at each other. Yeah. It's like really not a good look. Mm. And Noah tells Howie that he and Aaron will take care of it. He's like, don't worry yeah, about it. You stay, mingle, do your thing. You're good. So they wrangle Luke and Keegan. <laughs> oh my God. Luke vomits in a vase. Oh. Luke vomits in a vase. And Aaron comes over to Howie and Noah. And he's like, she's like, uh, they tried to steal the speaker. It, it's like this golden, like gorgeous speaker. Like mm -hmm. it's so much. I'm like, you guys, you're really fucking it for Howie. Yeah. So Charlie and Howie are left to flirt for the rest of the evening. Oh, yeah. And on his way out, Noah's like, he's on prep, by the way, and then leaves. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, I think he gives him, like, the, spook, the speaker, and then he goes back, and he goes back, and he's like, and he's on prep. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> so the next morning, which would be the Friday, I guess, um, we didn't really talk about it, but they do have, like, the days in um, projected on every scene. So it's, like, Thursday, Friday, whatever day it is. And um, – they use, like, the Bauhaus font throughout the whole movie and, like, on the poster as well. And I actually came across this Instagram account called – let me pull it up. I didn't realize it was the Bauhaus font. Yes. Yeah. 
uh, title type is the name of the Instagram account. And it's a, uh, it's a graphic designer and the account has this whole post about fire Island and kind of about like the history of this typeface, how it was used for like Bauhaus, which really had its like heyday in the seventies and the eighties and how this movie compares the culture of the Island to its golden age, which was the seventies and the eighties before the AIDS crisis and oh, that's really um, cool. how it's like really fitting to use a typeface that is so like reminiscent of like disco and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Because it kind of goes between like the then and now thing, which I thought was like a really cool touch that I never would have known because I'm not a graphic designer and I, I know a little bit about mm-hmm. Bauhaus, but not nearly as much. Um, so I thought that was a really cool visual touch to use. And it's also just like a really cool looking typeface as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I also – coincidentally not related Mm. to this podcast even went on a brief walking tour of like the west village today Mm. um it was actually sponsored by the whitney they had like a pride event for families and stuff but this was more of like an adult walking tour that kind of like took you to through the historical sites um of like the west village and like talked about the piers and different clubs and Mm. like um the culture Pretty much like, yeah, before the AIDS crisis and like somewhat after in the late 90s and stuff. But yeah, there is just a lot of New York City culture also. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess what I, why I am bringing this up is because you were like, oh yeah, this period of the typeface is like reminiscent of what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But also the idea of Fire Island and all of these types of solaces, like these places that mm-hmm. gay people could go to be themselves. Like this was one of um, many communities that the gay community created in order mm-hmm. to have like a safe haven for people in the community. And it's really interesting if you're like interested in that topic, there is a lot of information mm-hmm. that you can find out. And I would highly recommend looking into the historical like new york scene yeah that's super cool that sounds so interesting and that's all i have to say about that so noah wakes up in the morning and he notices that howie is not in the bed next to him he never made it home oh my god he slept over at charlie's love and for our pride and prejudice fans you may remember this as uh jane bennett going over for dinner at the Bingley house and riding over on her horse. So she got caught in the rain and ends up ill and must stay at the house. So Noah goes to like check in with his friends. If anybody has heard from him, they haven't. His phone is still dead in the rice bowl. So he decides to go (laughs) and in the rice bowl. (laughs) That would be a great band name. I agree. I agree. (laughs) So he decides to go and check on Howie in person. Yes. So he goes over to Charlie's, well, Cooper, Charlie, whatever, their mansion. And Brayden (laughs) greets him again. And he's like, can I help you? Do you need something? Yeah. Can I help you? (laughs) And he's like, I was here last night. You know me. Cooper intercepts and he's like, oh, how he had too much to drink. Top shelf, it's different. And Noah goes up to check on Howie 
and runs into Will. Mm. Oh my! Oh my God, Mr. Darcy! My goodness, God. he's looking pretty sexy. He is. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. And Will hands him a water bottle. He's like, "Oh, how you might need this," and he apologizes for Brayden's behavior last night. Mm. And Noah's pissed. He's like, "Oh, you're apologizing for Brayden? Yeah, for Brayden? Mm. Yeah." Fuck that. Yeah. And he's like, okay, here's the tip. The tap water is safe here. You don't need to pollute the oceans with your money and your water bottles. Mm. And Will's like, oh, noted. Throws out the water bottle right into the garbage, like, boom. Mm. And Noah's like, nice. (laughs) And walks away. But, but (laughs) Will goes Back into the trash, puts his little grubby hands in the trash. <laughs> he puts the bottle in the recycling bin. Mm. Can you believe it? <laughs> he recycled. The bar is in hell. <laughs> the bar is in hell, and we've already passed over it. <laughs> so Noah goes into the bathroom where Howie has passed out in this. Simply Gorgine bathtub. It is huge and beautiful. <laughs> Amazing bathroom. Mm-hmm. Howie is hung over to the max and he's like, I think it's the expensive booze. Like my body's just so used to what's in the well. And Noah is like, this is not science. Where is everybody getting this from? <laughs> I was like, I'm a nurse. This yeah. is not chemistry. You're full of shit. Yeah. Howie is humiliated. He spent the whole night in the bathroom. But... Charlie did stay up with him. And Noah's like, okay, well, obviously he likes you, but it's only day two. So, like, I think you should start looking for other options. And Howie's like, oh, yeah, totally. I'm sure there are tons of cute guys on this island who would pay to watch me puke. And then he's like, but actually, there was one moment when I was throwing up and Charlie was, like, rubbing my back and... It felt really intimate, and I was like, ah, "Scream!" <laughs> yeah, Noah's like, "Okay, don't get sucked into one guy's orbit." And Charlie comes in to check on Howie, and he's like, "Oh, how's our patient doing?" <laughs> Noah's like, "He's pregnant, and he's not raising this baby alone." <laughs> and Charlie and Will laugh. Yeah, even Will and- laughs. Yeah, has a little chuckle. I'm like, he's funny. Mm -hmm. Come on, Will. (laughs) And Howie's like, thank you so much for taking care of me. And Charlie's like, oh, my back actually feels great from sleeping on the floor of the bathroom. Maybe I should do it every night. (laughs) And only Charlie and Howie laugh. It's it's just the two of them. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is like, cringe, okay. (laughs) Okay, cringe, yeah. Noah thinks about how bleak this like (laughs) banter is. And he decides to invite Charlie to dinner as a thank you. Charlie's like, oh, that would be great. Can the rest of my house come? And Noah agrees. So Aaron freaks the fuck out upon hearing that she has to throw together this dinner party. Kind of wild. Yeah. Kind of wild. Would have to agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so she sends the boys to the pantry to get supplies, but only stuff that is almost expired Or something with a dent in it so they can get a discount. Mm -hmm. So they go to the pantry, which I guess is like the only grocery store really that's available here. Everything is super overpriced. Like a 
box of cheeses is like eleven dollars. Yeah. yeah. And now I was like, well, you can thank capitalism for that. And Luke and Keegan are like, uh, we don't plan on paying for anything. You'd be surprised by how many kind bars we can fit in Keegan's ass. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Noah then notices a cutie checking him out, but he's like, no, 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 no. Right now, I am focused on getting you laid, Howie. And Howie's like, okay, why don't you stop that and go do something useful? Go dent these cans so we can get a discount. So Noah goes around the corner and starts like whacking the cans on the ground when the cutie, Dex, aka our Mr. George Wickham, from Pride and Prejudice, comes up and is like, oh, like, don't worry, I'm poor too. Like, let me help you out and helps him, like, dent the cans. Yes, he does. I I must ask, as somebody who's not familiar with Pride and Prejudice, what did you think about Dex before, you know, all is revealed? I guess when a movie has already be, I don't know if we're halfway through the movie, Mm -hmm. but, like, already so much has happened Mm -hmm. And there is a new love interest introduced. I go, yeah, something's wrong with this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just like off the bat. Mm -hmm. And I think he was a little suspicious. Like, he was being really nice. But it wasn't in a romantic way. It was Mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah, I don't know, weird. It was weird. Bad vibes, Mm -hmm. rancid vibes. Yes, for sure, for sure. They walk out of the pantry and Noah and Dex are chatting about books and heteronormativity. And Dex actually puts his arm around Noah. He is not afraid to mm-hmm. take it there. Yeah. Then they see Howie chatting with Charlie and Will down the pier. And Charlie is like, wow, I, I hope you didn't get all these groceries for us. I really <laughs> like Charlie. I think yeah. he's like so sweet he's like hello like i hope you didn't get all this for us yeah um but he's just super genuine and Mm -hmm. it turns out charlie and will both know dex and will clearly does not like him also noah's like oh you didn't strike me as a man who would like a teeny tiny ice cream cone (laughs) and will throws so fast throws this ice cream cone tosses it away oh it's gosh. super awkward like no one is, says anything they're like okay what, what? it was so Will's like, good it was melting anyway he goes full robot mode um and how he's like <clears throat> oh my god I fucked up my voice there how he says that they will see them tonight and Noah decides to invite Dax to dinner. A little pot stirrer. Yeah, he's a little shit stirrer, mm-hmm. stirring the shit. When Howie is like, okay, what are you doing? And Noah's like, I just want to make dinner more interesting. Mm. I'm like, you little <laughs> rascal. You little so-and-so. So before dinner, Noah says this quote, which I really love. It's repeated a couple times throughout the movie from this point on, but he talks about how time feels different here that a day on the island feels like weeks in the real world you can catch feelings after just one day and we see like howie and will walking Mm -hmm. and we see howie and charlie walking together and then he sees will and he's like all kinds of feelings Mm. the love and the hate part of the brain are 
very close together, Noah. As a man of science, you should know that what that means. Ooh, the love and the hate and the will. <laughs> the will of it all. So Noah is sitting by the pool. He is reading Alice Monroe. When Cooper is like, wow, I thought that every house on the island had a hot tub. And Noah's like, yeah, it's so horrible. We actually have a GoFundMe set up. <laughs> it's so crazy because in theory, mm-hmm. Cooper isn't the worst. Like, Brayden is literally like, can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> but then Cooper also, like, takes every opportunity to mm-hmm. – I mean, in the end, I guess he it kind of just turns out he's racist. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah, I don't know. He sucks. Whatever. Yeah, he's just kind of like the quintessential when you think of like a toxic white twink. Like that's what Cooper is, essentially. He's a toxic (laughs) white twink. Yeah. So Will is very surprised to see that Noah is A, reading, but B, reading Alice Monroe. He's like, as a lawyer, I didn't know that nurses could read. <laughs> yeah. And Noah's like, oh, yeah, well, I actually, I blazed through Animorphs already. And Will is mm-hmm. like, no, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean that. I just mean I didn't think that anybody would be reading here, like on Fire Island. I'm like, Will, I love you. <laughs> I love you. I'm like, you're just kind of bad with words sometimes. And you say yeah. things that come across really harsh. <laughs> like, Noah, you're being so harsh. Like, it's so hard for him. Yeah. So then Cooper's like. kind of crazy because he's like a lawyer. Yeah. You would think he would have some sort of command over yeah. his language. But say la vie. Cooper is then like, what kind of gay person goes on vacation to do homework? And Noah goes, a literate one. And Charlie starts laughing, like, way too hard at this joke. And is like, you're so funny. You guys are all so funny and, like, biting. <laughs> Do you guys know Amy Schumer? And how he's like, okay, um, I'm going to show you something inside that I'm going to think of by the time we get in there and <laughs> go into the house. Oh, my God. Cooper goes off to, like, FaceTime his mom. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's like, uh, I forgot her birthday again. Cool. Will then um, starts, like, thumbing through the Alice Monroe book. And Noah sits down. He's like, fuck, I guess I got to talk to this guy. So he's like, mm-hmm. um, are you a big reader? And Will just goes, I am. <laughs> Period. <laughs> and Noah's Done. like, wow, Noah, are you a big reader? Yeah, actually, I am. And starts, like, playing out the other side of the conversation. And Will's just like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, you've been out in public. You've spoken to people Brother, before. You have talked to people once in a while. Yeah. And Will is like, why would I ask you a question that I already know the answer to? And Noah's like, well, it doesn't have to be that question. Like, do you not know how the conversation works? Mm-hmm. And Will is like, okay, what's your favorite story? And Noah is like, um, it's actually, it's powers, you know? And he kind of talks about what he likes about it in comparison to Alison Monroe's other works and how her stuff is usually so domestic. But this story is about a girl with superpowers. And Will's like, I don't think that's definitive in terms of the story. Like, it doesn't really matter whether or not she has powers. And Noah, immediately to the defensive, is like, if it doesn't matter, then why are we arguing about it? And Will's like, I didn't think we were arguing. And Noah goes, so let me win. And Will's like, okay, you win. And then in (laughs) Noah's voiceover, he's like, somehow I'm mad and horny. (laughs) I just fucked up my, like, um recording levels with this <laughs> but 
Yeah, it's really hot. Like mm-hmm. the moment is so filled with tension. The banter, my god, I love it. I know. So let me win, okay? okay. You, you win. win. And I'm like, <laughs> what happens next? <laughs> and Charlie and Howie come back outside. Howie is showing Will his sketchbook. <gasps> yeah, pretty big stuff. Mm-hmm. Noah's like, wow. Howie must really like him if he wants to show him his sketchbook. And Will's like, a lot of people mistake Charlie's kindness for affection. And Noah's like, why don't you chill? He just wants to show him some doodles. Like, Mm. fuck off. So Luke and Keegan come in with Dex and they are like all over Mm -hmm. Dex. And they decide that they should go inside to play games. And Will's like, Adults don't play games. And I'm like, okay, that writing could have been better. Just straight up, adults don't play games. (laughs) So Noah tells Howie to turn on 60 Minutes. Mm. That's his little, like, witty comeback. And Charlie is like, okay, ignore Will. You know, tonight we play games. Like, what do you have in mind? Do you want to talk about this scene? My favorite (laughs) scene of the movie Let me tell you, they play heads up. Luke and Keegan are the ones trying to get um, Will to guess the person. Mm -hmm. They're losing their fucking minds having to play with Will, (laughs) who cannot, and this is the kicker, he cannot guess Marissa Tomei. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, the, the defense, defense is, is wrong. wrong. <laughs> the defense is wrong. And he's like, Penelope Cruz, um, Rosie Perez. Oh, yeah. And then Luke is like, I almost respect you for saying her name. And I was like, say. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Laura Dern. And they are freaking out. He, There's also another line they do, but I can't remember. It's like, my eggs are drying up here, <laughs> waiting on the stands. Like they they do more and more lines from my cousin Vinny. Yeah. They just keep cycling through <laughs> yeah. her lines from that movie. And it's so funny. Mm-hmm. There actually is a clip of them doing this on um the Fire Island yes. Instagram, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And um for some reason. Will remembers Alicia Vikander and not Marissa Tomei. Yeah. And Luke and Keegan are like, this is the fucking problem. Like people like you remember Alicia Vikander, but they don't remember Marissa Tomei. (laughs) And then Dex asks Noah to go get a drink in the kitchen. So they go into the kitchen and Noah is basically like, okay, so like, what is the deal with Will, like, did you guys used to hook up? Like, what is going on with this weird tension? And Dex is like, no, please. Like, Will doesn't fuck guys like me. And Noah's like, oh, yeah, because you're so hideous. Like, what are you talking about? And Dex actually says that Will doesn't like him because he has an OnlyFans. And he's like, it's just photos and videos of me by myself. But, like, it's a deal breaker for these social gatekeepers like Will I am pretty much, like, ostracized from his L.A. social circle. And Noah is like, what the fuck? Like, that's insane. Guys like that are ruining this island. Will is, like, watching them. Clearly very jealous. He's keeping a close eye on the two of them. 
And Dex is like, well, there's guys like you on this island. You know, I think I think I could work with that. And then they kiss Ooh. before Aaron interrupts them to let them know that dinner is ready. Do you know what uncancel means? Have you ever thought about what happened to those TV shows that were advertised every single week until their plug was ultimately pulled? Well, we have. Welcome to the show that's bringing Dead TV back from the grave. We review pilot and finale episodes of television series that disappeared as quickly as they debuted. Maybe we will like the show enough to want to bring life back into its corpse, or maybe it's better left dead. Will we leave it in the trash, or will we give it a second pass? Either way, this is Uncancelled, giving Trash TV the chance it never deserved. Yes, so they go to dinner, and Aaron is telling this... Yeah. Really crazy story about um, it's just like a harrowing tale of trying to use her phone's flashlight. This is like a flip phone, mm-hmm. flip phone era flashlight to check a woman's vagina for crabs. Mm, classic. Yeah. In the I think they call it the meat rack or something. Yeah. yeah. And Charlie is like, well, did she have crabs? <laughs> And Aaron's like, yes, but it was worth it. She was one of the greatest loves of my life and says that they dated for two years and told everyone that they met at Red Lobster. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Sure. And Charlie thanks Aaron for dinner. He's like, we usually don't eat this well when we're here. And I wasn't sure if that was like a callback to like, you know, having anal sex and like basically having like a really strict diet or oh i didn't even think about that maybe but also like charlie is so like i don't know demure and like really earnest earnest that i i assume he means it as just like a a genuine compliment yeah yeah and yeah he's really like happy to be Mm -hmm. invited to dinner and he thanks the whole group for their hospitality and tells them that they are unlike anyone he's ever met. In a good way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In a good way, in a good way. And Noah's like, you know, it's true. We take this week really seriously and it's going to suck when we can't come back next year. And Noah gets kind of emotional. He almost tears up. Erin comes over. She comforts Noah and says that Noah is her most sensitive son Mm. and Will is smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah, but Will is smitten Mm -hmm. and Aaron asks who wants dessert and Luke and Keegan are like, oh, the three of us, like, including Max, yeah, the three of us would like dessert. The different boys will have <laughs> dessert, yeah. which I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of like a, wow, um, Charlie has never met people who aren't, like, white. Yeah. So. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Dex comforts Noah, and Noah's like, don't worry, it's fine. We still have a week. And he asks if anyone wants dessert and sees Charlie <laughs> Giving Howie a like full alone hand job. It's like basically like, oh, who wants dessert? Looks over and it's like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. it's like, ha, ha, ha. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely jarring. Um, but that's not what actually happened. That's just like yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> like a hallucination, a, mm-hmm. a vision. Yes. Uh, uh, hyperbole, if mm, you will. Yes, because then we cut to the beach where Howie is like, Noah, shut up. And I was like, okay, I might be exaggerating, but that was his total vibe. Like, he was all over you. Mm-hmm. And then asks Howie if they fucked. And Howie's like, we did not have sex. <laughs> and Noah's like, what the fuck? I gave you that room for 27 minutes. What were you doing? Were you doing a puzzle? They were in oh, fact I really doing a puzzle. He said an hour twenty seven minutes. Oh no, he was said it just twenty seven? Just twenty seven minutes. Yeah, Jesus. But it turns out that they were in fact doing a puzzle. Yeah, and <laughs> he's like, no. Cut to a like memory of him and Charlie doing the puzzle. Yeah. And Noah's like, twenty seven minutes is an episode of Chopped. Do you need longer than an episode of Chopped to have sex? Whoa. <laughs> Um, but it turns out that Howie actually used this time to just talk to Charlie. He kind of tells him his coming out story, uh, how his parents didn't really accept him, which I was also actually reading on Bo and Yang's uh, Wikipedia that that is pretty similar to his coming out story where um, – oh. I I don't I can't remember if he came out to his parents or if he was outed, like if his parents found out, but they were not accepting and they actually sent him to conversion therapy. No. Um for a while. And his parents were also like doctors, I believe. Like they were people of science, but they like it was like a cultural thing that they could not accept mm-hmm. that that was who he was. Um Do you know if they have a good relationship now? I don't. I'm not sure. I really want to listen to the episode that they do on Los Culturistas, which is Bone Yang and the actor who plays um Luke in Fire Island. Matt Rogers. Matt Rogers, yes. It's Bone Bone Yang and Matt Rogers. And they have on um Joel Kim Booster mm-hmm. and his last name is On, but I can't remember his first name. The director of mm. Fire Island. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the three – or pardon me, the four of them are on the pod together. And, like, I can only assume that, you know, mm-hmm. I would I would glean so much from that episode. Yeah. But alas, I fell asleep on the subway <laughs> and didn't fucking listen to it like an idiot. Mm-hmm, and but- also missed my stop. <laughs> But after this episode, we'll all go listen to it. We'll all reconvene mm-hmm. in the DMs afterwards. So, yeah, let's yes. chat in the DMs, mm-hmm. guys. So, yes, Howie tells his coming out story and about how his friends are really his found family. And Charlie is just like in total awe of Howie. He's like, you know, you're so smart and you're really funny. And they lean in and Charlie kisses Howie. <laughs> And it's so cute and just like I love I, love I absolutely love the way that James Scully looks at Bo and Yang. Like the way that he that Charlie looks at Howie. It's just like so yeah. pure, so full of like awe, and it's so earnest, which I feel like we don't ever really get to see a look that earnest. Especially in like rom coms of late, where it's mm-hmm. so much more like jaded and you know like dark or whatever. Like just seeing that pure awe and infatuation in somebody's face, I really loved getting to see that. I think that's one of the most important things of this movie that mm-hmm. the 
um, writer, obviously, but also the director wanted to make sure that there was a love story, like Mm -hmm. a traditional rom-com love story that was like honest and really true. But also there is that side where like Noah and Dex and Mm -hmm. like other people are more of into the hookup culture and it's kind of saying that like neither one is good or bad, but Mm -hmm. it's just a lived experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's that thing that our good old teacher, Terry Knickerbocker always said, it's not cheesy if it's heartfelt. And this was incredibly heartfelt. I really loved it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. everybody is like very excited that Charlie and Howie have had their first kiss And Noah is like, amazing, you've laid the groundwork, now you can seal the deal tonight at the underwear party. And Howie is like, whoa, I know, big step. And Howie's like, Noah, why do you care so much? Like, you should just go and sleep with Dex and get it over with. He's clearly a lock. And Luke is like, um, actually, actually Dex flirts with all of us, okay? (laughs) It's not just Noah. He flirts with all of us. Shut up. (laughs) So everyone gets ready for the underwear party and Luke and Keegan are like, oh, Dex was totally giving me eyes last night. And Max says they're just salivating over a basic white guy again. I'm like, you're not wrong, Max. I wish that Max was in this movie more. He has like really I would love two scenes. more screen time. Yeah. And like he's yeah. great in both of them, but I'm like I want more Max. Give me a little more. Like I don't need like I understand who the movie's about, but yeah. like a little bit. More yeah. It would be so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz I think Max has a a really juicy character and I would love mm-hmm. to know more. Yeah, and he provides a nice balance especially with the kind of like Tweedledee Tweedledum dynamic yes, of Luke and Keegan. Luke and Keegan. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Hard agree. But while they're getting ready, Noah says that Dex has the fringe benefit of pissing off Will and how he's like, mm, well, you know, Will might be jealous." Mm-hmm. And Noah's like, "Okay, Dex gave me the deal on Will." But Howie's like, I don't know. I think there's more to it. I don't think Charlie would be friends with a complete asshole. Because right now Noah thinks that Will just doesn't like Dex because he has an OnlyFans. Yeah. But Howie's like, I, I think there's something more here. Yeah. And Noah says that Will is just another token Asian surrounding himself with white friends. And before they leave for the party, there's also a really good scene. <laughs> where they kind of like lay out all of the drugs that they have. It's like, Mm -hmm. I got this K from Mexico. Here's a pill I found on the ground at this fucking party. Yeah, here's some poppers. Um, And they all like trade for what each other wants. Um, For those that don't know, poppers are, they're like a, it's like a liquid, I guess, that you sniff um, to loosen Mm -hmm. your asshole. That's what that's for. But... You can also use it and again, hi. Yes. For like a moment. Yeah, for like and then 30 seconds. Fade. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to the underwear party. It's at the Iceman. They're like, okay, we need to really enjoy this because this might be our last time here. Uh, so Noah tells us that the underwear party is the one party on the island that everybody is invited to. Admission is only $20 and a little bit of dignity. It's in the name, but in case you didn't glean, 
everybody wears underwear to the underwear party. So everybody swallows their mystery pills while Howie is glancing around for Charlie. Who do they find instead, though? Will. What is Will wearing? Not his underwear. Just a pair of shorts. And Noah's like, oh, my God. If you're going to be at the party, like, be at the party. And I'm like, I get you. I want people to respect a theme when there is a themed event. Understandable. So Howie drags Noah over to Will so they can find out where Charlie is. Will says that he's probably outside. And Howie's like, okay, Noah, you stay here. And I'm going to go look for Charlie outside. But you stay here in case he comes back. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like cackling because it's like, <laughs> yeah. And he comes back. Noah's like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, shut, shut up. up. Shut your damn Stop mouth. typing. <laughs> Who do we have here? It's just Noah and Will. Oh, my, oh God. my gosh. Crazy. And Noah and Will kind of get shoved closer because there's all these people in the club. And Noah puts his hands on <gasps> Will's shoulder. Will puts his hands on Noah's waist and they start kind of dancing. They get closer. Yeah. It gets intimate. It does. It get, I'm gets freaking out. It gets intimate. intimate. <laughs> We're like, what's going to happen next? Oh and then God. Cooper Ugh. pipes in and says like, no, can I pull you away? From, can I steal you? <laughs> can, can I, I grab steal you? steal you for a minute? And I'm saying it in this voice because it reminds me of The Bachelor. Yeah. Can I steal the, you sorry, for a bachelor. moment? Yeah. Can I steal you for a second? Yeah. And yeah, he obliges. So they go into the bathroom. Cooper is just like staring at himself in the mirror. And he's like, Will is such a great guy and like so rich. Plus he's like kind of hot, right? And Noah's like, sure. And Cooper's like, oh, so you think he's hot? <laughs> Noah's like, damn it. <laughs> And Cooper's like, yeah, I'm not usually attracted to guys like Will. And Noah's like, why? Because he's Asian. And Cooper sees this like Asian guy at the urinal next to him. And he's like, no, I love that he's from a different culture. Eliza Minnelli. Bro. Yeah. And he's like, don't project that on me. Oh, my God. I fucking hate this guy. No, shut up. Yeah. Why would you say that? <sighs> Fuck you, Cooper. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, besides, I think his mom is white. <sighs> You're done. Yeah, it's over. So he then tells Noah that Charlie actually invited Will here to Fire Island because Cooper is moving to L.A. soon and he needs a starter boyfriend. And he's like, and Noah, I saw you circling around, Will, and I just want to make sure things don't get awkward. And Noah's like, uh, I was not circling. Do not worry about that. Likely story. And then Dex comes in and he's like, Noah, um, we got to go. There's a medical emergency. Pulls him out of the bathroom. The medical emergency is that he wanted to he dance. He wanted to dance. He wanted to dance with him. Mm-tis, mm-tis, mm-tis. On the dance floor, Noah and Dex, what are they doing? They're making out. Noah tells us in his narration that this is when he would typically debase himself in a dark room. But... Where's Howie? And he thinks Howie's doing fine. He keeps following Dex, but then remembers that <laughs> I forget his line. Do you know what he says exactly? Oh, no, but it's something like, you know who said that? George Bush or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember what the line is, though. I can't remember the line, but he's like, you know who said that? George Bush. But he's like, 
out loud. He says, George Bush. <laughs> and he's like, oh, the drugs have kicked in then. And decides to follow Dex into the dark room. He goes down on Dex. Then, who does he see in the background? Will. Mm. And he's not hooking up with anyone. He's like, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Will and Noah make eye contact. And Noah stands up abruptly. Hits Dex's nose. His nose starts bleeding. Mm. And Will pulls Noah aside. He's like, Dex isn't a good guy. And he's like, I know about the OnlyFans. And Will's like, that's not what I'm talking about. Wow, there's more to the story. Mm -hmm. So Cooper then comes up to them and he's like, oh my God, did I just see you two coming out of the dark room together, Noah and Will? That's so crazy. That's like so crazy. Shut up, Cooper. <laughs> because That's so crazy. <laughs> That's, I, saw, I saw a wild kangaroo, actually. That's so crazy. <laughs> I saw Goody Proctor leave the dark room with Will. He doesn't have a last name. With the candlestick yeah. <laughs> in the parlor. In the dining room. <laughs> so... Cooper's like, that's so crazy because, Noah, you were just saying how you're not into Will at all. How hey, you think Will's <laughs> a nasty little hoe, think he's actually. an uggo. Yeah. And <laughs> Noah's like, uh, first of all, I didn't say that, but for the record, I'm not. Like, I'm not into you. Which, ouch. Ouch for poor William. The ego is dead. Mm-hmm. That's when Max comes over. He's like, freaking out because of the drugs that he's on which i believe is ketamine and uh he's like dude my eyes look weird you ever been in a k-hole not personally yeah me neither yeah. <laughs> um drugs scare me <laughs> yeah i'm already tormented by the reality i live in yeah i got enough going on up here i don't need to add anything else crazy into the mix oh up really here? <laughs> toxic <laughs> Toxic. Just a bag of cats rolling around up here. That's all I got. <laughs> Where, did you just make that up? Yeah. Holy shit. Get, keep going. Don't don't look at me anymore. I told you it's a bag of cats up there. Anyways. <laughs> We're done. We're so, done. So Max is freaking out. Noah's like, okay, we got to get you out here, like out of this room. We got to leave. We got to get you out here on the dance floor. <laughs> we get you out here. I can't, I'm like overheating because it's so hot in my room because I, I can't have a fan on. I know. It really is pod girl summer. Um, but before they leave, this is very important. What do they see hmm. but Charlie dancing with somebody? It's not Howie, though. It's a Zac Efron lookalike. Ooh. And Cooper's like, oh, that's Charlie's ex-boyfriend, Reese. We flew him out yesterday. Or I guess not ex anymore. And Charlie's like all over him. They're like making out and stuff. So Noah takes Max outside. He's still flipping out about his like reflection. He then finally finds Howie, who's like sitting on a giant chair. Noah's like, hey, did you find Charlie? And Howie is like, yeah, I saw him dry humping that Zac Efron lookalike. Guess he likes neighbors, too. <laughs> and he's like, it's the rare sequel that surpasses the original. And he kind of like starts freaking out. That was clever. Yeah. 
And Noah's like, are you okay? And Howie's like, I'm fine. He can fuck anyone he wants. Clearly, he's not fine. He's very upset. I mean, Mm -hmm. understandable. Keegan then comes over and is like, oh, there's this party on Bay Walk. Luke is like fucking almost passed out. And Noah's like, okay, you two look after Howie. I'm going to go find Max. So Mm -hmm. Noah goes looking for Max, but he can't find him. Who finds him instead? Will. And he's like, by the way, your friends, they took the last water taxi out. I told them I would come find you. And Noah's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm the one without a phone. Why would they leave me? And Will's like, I do know where, where they're going. We just have to cut through the meat rack. So Noah starts walking and he's like, you coming? And Will's like, absolutely, I'm coming. So they walk through the meat rack and it starts pouring rain. Mm. And Will's like, oh, you have a pretty narrow vocabulary for someone who reads so much. Oh, yeah, because Noah's just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Noah's like, okay, well, you're boring. And Will's Mm. like, oh, what, just because I don't talk like a 13-year-old? And he's like, no, it's because you're rude, elitist, smug, and judgmental. And Will's like, okay, you have a lot of opinions about someone you've only known for three days. And Noah tells him that's funny because he had a lot of opinions about him after three hours. And he quotes what he overheard Will saying at like the initial party Mm. they went to at Cooper's. Yeah. And Will's like really taken aback. Mm -hmm. You can absolutely tell he's like feeling something because he's like oh fuck yeah he's like who told you that did charlie tell you that will says that you know whatever he told charlie was just to protect him and he likes howie and his friends and noah's like i've never met someone who made it so immediately clear that they think they're better than everyone else And at first he thought it was because he was rich, but then he realized it was a deeper issue. And then he thinks if he lets everyone know, this is like pretty Mm, ruthless. He says that he thinks if he lets everyone know how miserable he is being gay, then it'll make him less of an F word um, than everyone else. Mm. And Will's like, I don't think that I'm better than you. But he says Noah thinks he has the whole world figured out, but he's just assuming the worst in people because it makes it easier for him when he's actually um, rejected by someone. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Pretty harsh truths are being told. Mm -hmm. Will goes on to say the cold hard truth is that no one is actually thinking about him that much. So Noah turns, he tries to walk away, but he falls. Will, like, tries to help him up, and he, like, pulls him up, and they kind of, like, end up very close, like... Like, holding each other. Just body to body, yeah, Yeah. holding each other. Will goes in to kiss him, but Noah's like, what are you doing? Like, you hate me. And he runs away. Yeah. Literally bolts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is clearly like a direct reference to the scene in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice uh, in the rain in the gazebo when Darcy all of a sudden blurts out to Elizabeth that he loves her after listing off like 
oh, like I shouldn't love you because of like this, 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 and this, but like I can't help it. You've bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. And she's like, You're done. Fuck, what? You you have been nothing but horrible to me and my sister and my whole family this whole time. And like, even in the process of telling me that you love me, you insult me. Like, what the fuck is your problem? So this is definitely like a reference to that that rain scene. Um, where like Darcy is the one who ends up just like walking away in the rain after she says no to his proposal. So yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought it was a nice little Easter yeah. egg. Also, I just love any sort of rom-com scene in the rain. I thought it was like a really nice way to use that trope. So it was good. It was so juicy and like uh, pretty when, hard when hitting. He pulls him up and they're like face to face and he goes mm. in for the kiss. I'm like, oh my God. <sighs> It's very much also like the gazebo scene um, in this season of Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. True, true, true. So after this scene, Noah finally gets to the party and Dex just like immediately starts kissing him as soon as he shows up. And then he's like, oh, my God, you're like covered in mud. What happened to you? And Noah's like, listen, where is Howie? Keegan then comes over and is like, I can't find Luke. But I think he's somewhere throwing up. We have to find him. And Dex is like, okay, Noah, you go find Howie. I will deal with this Keegan-Luke situation. He ends up finding Howie in like a stairwell with that fucking creep Moses from the bar. Uh. And Noah's like, hey, Howie, like, let's head home. And the guy's like, actually... Howie's coming home with me, right? And Howie's no, like, he's not. Yeah. And Noah's like, um, can you excuse us for a moment? And drags Howie away from him. Yeah. So they go to the bathroom, and Noah asks Howie what the fuck he's doing. And Howie's like, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do. And Noah's like, okay, but choose anyone except that guy. And Howie says that this was supposed to make him feel good, and he doesn't. Like, he doesn't yeah. like this bet not even a bet but like this thing that they've set up mission yeah yeah and noah's like noah tells him that fucking some rice queen won't make him feel good and there are plenty of other guys here and howie's like okay the other guys are for you and noah's like no there are guys for you too but howie's like okay stop talking like you and me are in the same category and Noah's like, no, it's the two of us. Fuck the rest, right? But Howie's like, you did all of this, like, got fit, decided to look like those people with, yeah. you know, 7% body fat, whatever, to feel good. And now Noah wants him to get laid. But he's like, why? Like, because you feel bad for me? Mm. Howie tells him to stop pretending like he doesn't know how the world works. And Noah's like, that's really unfair. And Howie tells him, fuck you. It's definitely a moment where, although Noah thinks that he's had Howie's best interest in mind, Mm -hmm. Howie's like, don't fuck around right now because you know, regardless of what we want to believe, like, guys are more interested in someone with a body like you. Mm -hmm. And I'm a normal guy. I look like a normal fucking person. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't look like I work out seven days a week. Yeah. Like, we aren't... Um, we don't have the same pool. Like it, it's not. Yeah. We're not working with the same group of people. Like it's really fucked 
Yeah, I think that this is the first time that Noah has to acknowledge that, like, obviously what they do share is, like, their race and that, you know, has an impact on their status in, like, the status uh, hierarchy in, like, the gay community. Yeah. And this is, like, the first time he's had to really confront the fact that his looks are, like, a different form of currency that, like, elevate him while, like, yes, they're still both Asian. Like, it just – it puts him in a different category and – I imagine that would have been, like, really frustrating for Howie to have to deal with for, like, quite a few years of Noah being like, oh, like, we're the same, we're the same. It's like, no, you need to acknowledge that, like, you have this certain type of privilege that I don't because looks are something that are so, so stressed and you have this currency. Um, So it's important for you to, like, acknowledge that. Yeah, it's a really also very much, like, a hard thing for – Howie, to be honest about, because they're so close. Yeah, like the stakes are really high with these relationships because especially for Noah and Howie, there's it's not really like explicitly talked about a lot, but we've been given a lot of clues as to the fact that they do not have support from their own families. So like Mm -hmm. these relationships are so, so important, not only for just like emotional reasons or whatever, but like for survival just in general. So, yeah, the stakes are extremely high. So this scene is like, I think it's uh, so charged and like a really well done scene. And it really adds like such a needed layer to this friendship that just makes you invest in in both of them so much more. I Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's kind of the breaking point for them in the movie. Yeah, because like really, to me, at least like Howie and Noah are like that relationship is the core relationship. Yeah. Of this film it's like the heart and soul of this movie is the two of them um and it does it follows a very similar structure that you'll see in any sort of rom-com like this it's it's basically it's a love story between noah and howie where you know they start off everything is fine there's the breakdown of the relationship and then there's the resolution at the end yeah so the next morning like very very early like sun is just rising noah actually ends up Getting out of bed and going to lay outside by the pool. And in his narration, he says, don't tell anyone, but I think I might have fucked up. A few hours later, he is woken up by Max, Aaron, and Keegan, who are like freaking out because Howie and Luke both still aren't home yet. And Keegan has this great line about how like Luke is missing and is like, I swear if something happened to him, we were starting a podcast. I think Keegan is so funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. So Aaron then gives Noah a letter. <gasps> a letter? The written word that will has the bar dropped off. is low. Yeah. The bar is low. He put pen to paper. Oh my God. <laughs> he went to Aaron and gave him the letter and then gave the letter to Noah. <laughs> So Noah goes inside to read the letter, and in it, Will apologizes for what he said about Noah, for everything that's transpired since then. He then says that Dex isn't the person that he pretends to be, and that his dislike of him has everything to do with something that he did to someone that Will is close to. Mm. He also says he hopes that Noah can forgive him. And he also hopes that one day they can be friends. Noah is 
stunned. He's like, what the fuck? This is crazy. When Aaron comes in and she's like, we have a situation. So Charlie Mm. is out in the garden talking to Howie, who's miraculously made it back. Yeah. And Noah tells Aaron that he thinks Howie blames him for what happened with Charlie. But he warned him not to fall into a guy's orbit. And he just wanted Howie to feel hot and powerful for a week. And Aaron tells Noah that she had a very long life before meeting all of them. And although she shares some of her like really fun escapades, there are also a lot of stories where she fucked up by trying to fix everyone. And that ended up pushing away a lot of people who she cared about until her only friends became a group of boys who only put up with her because of her house. Mm. Yeah. And Noah's like, that's not true. Like, we all love you. And Aaron's like, well, I'm telling you this because Howie doesn't need someone to fix things for him. He just needs a friend. We see Charlie leave and Howie immediately leans into the pool. He's like standing and he just goes. Yeah. I really loved this scene, especially like in hindsight, because I watched that Stephen Colbert interview Mm. with Jill Kim Booster. And he talked about how like Margaret Cho changed his life as a kid because she was like one of the first Asian people that he ever saw like on screen and made him realize, like, oh, like, that could be me. I could do that as well. Aww. So I can only imagine how it must have felt for him to get to, like, film a scene with, like, that is so beautiful, like, with yeah. somebody that he had, like, looked up to his whole life. I'm like, that's truly that's incredible. incredible. Yeah. So the whole crew goes outside to talk to Howie, and he kind of gives them all, like, the lowdown on what Charlie said. What Charlie said was that his ex, Reese, just found out he has Lyme disease and he wants to be supportive, which is just one of the worst excuses I think I've ever heard. This man said (laughs) Lyme disease. Yeah. So obviously I must make out with him to be supportive. You are done. (laughs) And Noah's like, okay, well, that's bullshit. And Howie's like, yeah, I mean, he probably just made it up because he feels bad. But what difference does it make? And Noah just walks away. So later on on the boardwalk, Noah ends up seeing Will and <laughs> I, can't, I can't. Will tosses his ice cream cone again and runs, runs into the ice palace when he sees him. So Noah goes after him and they see Peppermint on stage. Oh. I was like, Peppermint. Oh, my God. Are they from RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very well-renowned New York queen. Peppermint is amazing. Nice. Yeah. They're really funny. And they're doing a comedy show. And Will tells Noah he wasn't sure if he'd want to see him. But Noah's like, you know, we're good now. So they talk about Charlie. And he asks if Charlie even likes Reese. And Will's like, I don't know. Let's just talk about something else. So Noah asks about Dex and Will shows Noah Dex's Instagram. There are some weird photos, like Mm. one of him with like a Black Lives Matter sign over his dick and like hashtag vote pics. Like it's it's really weird. So Will is like, just trust me on this. And Noah's like, 
are we friends? And Will is like, yeah, something like that. And Noah says he's not an easygoing guy to be friends with. But Will's like, I have a lot of friends and, you know, I'm actually a fun-loving person. And Noah's like, yeah, prove it. (laughs) And volunteers him for the dance-off on stage. Oh, yeah. So Will gets up on stage. Peppermint is, you know, trying to talk to him, being like, okay, what's your name? He's like, Will. She's like, okay. Are you excited? Yes. <laughs> like, all right, thanks so much. Yes, King, give us nothing. So Will is then the first one to do the dance-off. What song is it? It's Heart to Break by Kim Petras, a classic. Heart to Break. Will is like super stiff at first, but he does like get into it. He's doing his He's like doing dad. A little dad dance moves, and Peppermint's like, okay, 90s, just straight up 90s, okay. And he's kind of like dancing and joking around. He's not really like taking it too seriously, but he's like eyes locked on Noah the whole time. And Noah's like tee-hee-heeing away. <laughs> it's a very cute little moment. Like, okay, Will's starting to loosen up. He's starting to joke around. Something is blossoming here. On Monday, Noah and Will decide to go to the beach together. Mm. We get this amazing montage where they're both reading their books, <sighs> stealing glances at one another. Yeah. They have conversation. They're laughing. They are – they're – ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's cr- yeah. very, very cute. Um, These two actors have amazing chemistry. Mm-hmm. It is, like, very reminiscent of those, like – austin-esque period pieces where Mm. it's all just it's all like like fleeting glances and like the tiniest little touch but like done in a modern way i thought it was like really cute absolutely and we see will go into the water on the beach noah looks at him he is locked in he's He's a smitten kitten so we then go to karaoke Luke has rejoined the group and they're all like, where were you yesterday? And he's like, well, actually, I was with a guy all day. Sorry, Noah, you're not the hot one anymore. Oh, Lord. But then once he walks away, Howie and Noah kind of like have a little joke like, oh, he definitely just got like locked in a bathroom again because that's something that has happened to him before when he's been like fucked up. So they share a little laugh and Noah is like – how are you, long are you going to be mad at me for? Like, we haven't not talked in this long since I said that Call Me By Your Name was boring. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> and this moment is interrupted by Keegan and Luke who bring Howie on stage. They're like, come on, it's tradition, it's tradition. And this is my favorite scene in the movie, personally. Should we do it? Should we sing it? The whole Sometimes song? I run. Sometimes I hide. Sometimes I'm scared of you, but all I really want is to hold you tight, treat you right. <laughs> yep, it is great. It is arguably this is something I could see our friends doing. Oh, totally. It is like arguably my favorite Britney song, and I love the rendition. If you if you couldn't tell by her singing, they do a rendition of "Sometimes" by Britney Spears. Yeah. Oh, who did her "Sometimes"? Music video outfit for Halloween. You. Yes. The all white, the crop top with the pants. I looked 
Listen, I looked for those pants. Mm-hmm. And then you you dyed your hair blonde shortly after, inspired by that wig, if memory serves. I guess kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I admit dyeing your own hair blonde can be a big mistake? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I do. I wish I had done it professionally, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> I did like the blonde, though. I was a fan. I thought you you killed it. You rocked it. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, so Bo and Yang is giving us this beautiful rendition of Sometimes by Britney Spears, like more so as a ballad. And who walks in like right as he starts singing but Charlie, Reese, and Cooper. And oh my God, the look on Charlie's face as he is watching how he sang this song. It is impeccable. He is like completely captivated, completely enthralled. Like he is feeling the weight of every word. And I feel like people don't really pay attention to the lyrics of this song that much, but it's like a really heartfelt song about like sometimes not being ready to like fully commit to somebody, even though your feelings are there, like you might be scared and it's hard to just dive in. Yeah. Which like very well, it mirrors the situation that Howie and Charlie are in very well. And also, like, Bo and Yang just gives, like, a wonderful performance. He, like, really gets into it. I just, like, loved this scene so much. I don't know why I was so, like, floored by it. I think I just, like, wasn't expecting it. I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is so good. So Well, at first I was kind of like, okay, they're just injecting a popular song. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw Charlie come in and how he begins, like, really getting into the song, mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes I do run. Sometimes I do hide. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I am scared of you, but all I really want is to hold you tight, treat you right, be with you day and night. Baby, all I need is time. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great moment. At the end of the song, everybody cheers. They all clap. And then Erin looks at her phone and screams. <gasps> What's happening? Come on, guys. The group walks over to the bar and everyone asks Erin what's wrong. And she shows them this video her friend sent her. And it's Luke and Dex having sex. Luke is like, I don't remember this. Like, I didn't agree to have this recorded. And Noah takes the phone and goes to confront Dex. And Luke is like, Noah, like, don't do anything crazy. Just make him delete the video. And Will's like, sorry. And Noah's like, of course. Yeah, no problem. In his mind, he's like, I'm going to kill Dex. Yeah. On his way over, he sees Will. He's like, okay, you were right. Are you happy? Like, whatever. And Will goes, I'm going to kill him. He's like, hey, wait, that's my line. (laughs) So they go and confront Dex. They push him into the pool. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Like, Luke did not agree Mm -hmm. to do this. And Dex is like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you have a confused. Oh, yeah. He's also like, oh, you're just like jealous that I fucked your friend instead of you. Like, totally deflecting, shifting blame. Yeah, exactly. So Will shuts him down. He's like, this constitutes revenge porn in the state of New York. And Noah's shook, but he follows Will's lead. And he's like, delete the video off your phone. And Noah tells him that he also has to delete his Instagram. (laughs) And Will's like, I don't think we can make him do that. Oh, yeah. And Noah's like, I think if a judge saw his Instagram, they would be on my side. (laughs) Yeah. But Dex does agree to delete the video. And then Will and Noah check the phone. And then Noah throws his phone in the pool. He and Will walk away. And Will's like, these things are waterproof now. And Noah's like, 
don't ruin this for me. (laughs) (laughs) So after this, they walk along the beach and Will is like, yeah, I did make some of it up. Some of it was an exaggeration. And Noah's like, oh, my God. A little shysty lawyer. He's like, oh, my God, you totally legally blonded him. And Will's like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, pick up a book. Read, like, watch a movie. Educate yourself. Pick up a book. It's a movie. (laughs) Psych. Pick up a history book and you'll learn about Legally Blonde. But Noah's like, okay, so what do you do? Do you do, like, big time L.A. corporate law? And, oh, my God. I think hey, this is like big spender. <laughs> this is like one of like the hottest moments in the movie for me when Will is like, <laughs> actually, I work for a nonprofit, mostly <laughs> wrongful evictions and tenants' rights. <gasps> I start foaming at the mouth. And he's like, nothing sexy. And I'm like, everything sexy. It's everything sexy. You got me. You had me at tenants' rights. He said, it's illegal to raise your rent less than 90 days before the lease resigning. Oh, my God. I'm going to make sure they don't do that to you. <laughs> oh, my God. Where is he? Where is he? Screaming, crying, and throwing up. Yeah. So Will is like, I'm just glad that I could help because when Dex did this to my friend – He was so embarrassed that he just, like, didn't even want to talk about it, and there wasn't much I could do. Noah then is like, well, I don't know how it works in L.A., but I have a big mouth. Oh, yeah. And we have ostracized people for way less in New York City, so don't worry. I will be spreading the word about Dex. But then he, like, very earnestly and wholeheartedly thanks Will for, you know, what he did for Luke. And they just walk along the beach and they're laughing oh and noah thinks about how time on fire island sometimes it feels like it stretches on forever yeah they almost kiss again again when luke yells down and is like hey so what happened so Noah does, like, invite Will to join them, and Will's like, oh, I'm not good at parties, and Noah's like, you? Not good at parties? What are you talking about? And they, you know, have a little laugh, and as they walk off, they just can't help but stare at each other. It's tasty. I'm like, (sighs) yum, 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 yum. Chomping at the bit. (laughs) So at the party, Luke, (laughs) I can't believe it, Luke is like, yeah. I pushed him in the pool and I and he said, I love you. And I said, honey, um, you don't know what love is. And then I realized he was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and how he's like, oh, you're going to let him tell your story. And I was like, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's fine. And he asks where Will went. And I was like, I don't know. But how he says that he doesn't have to worry about him. Like he can fuck whoever he wants. And Noah says that Will is not what he's looking for, and he's not done worrying about Howie. He mentions Charlie's name, and Charlie actually walks up to him. And Charlie's like, oh, Howie, like, I'm so glad that you told me about the karaoke because we don't usually go to that. But it was, like, great. And then mm. ugh, his ex, right? Rice. Reese. No, it's Reese. He comes over, and he's like, Let's go dance. Like, I'm horny. He also says, where's my vodka soda? Baby's thirsty. And I threw up everywhere. It's too much. 
And Howie is like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom and scrub my eyeballs. But before he leaves, um, he and Noah say, like, I love you. Then Luke comes over and Keegan's like, you have to tell him. And Luke is like, okay, Noah, thank you. Like, you didn't have to do that. I know we're friends, but like, I'm always mean to you. And Noah's like, no, like, we're not just friends. We're like family. Luke is like really touched, but he's also like, okay, like, can we glaze over this? Mm. And Noah's like, okay, let's just get fucked up and dance. So the next morning, Noah wakes up to find Howie packing. What? I know. No. I know. And Noah's like, you can't leave over just one guy. But Howie says it's more than that. He's 30. He's never had a boyfriend. And Noah starts talking about how monogamy is like a disease for straight people. But Howie's like, no, stop. Listen. You're the only person who understands how shitty it can be to feel unwanted like this. And I'm glad that you found a way to feel good through all the shit, but that doesn't work for me. And I don't think it's working for you either. It's like you think that if you're vulnerable for one second, it'll all come crashing down. But that's not true. And he asked him to just let him be sad about this whole Charlie thing and deal with it in his own way. So he tells Noah that he's leaving on the five o'clock ferry. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're still friends outside of this island. He could always mm -hmm. come visit him in San Francisco. And Noah's like, ugh, I'm not flying spirit for you. <laughs> but then he asks if he's told Charlie that he's leaving. Yeah. And Howie's like, no, I don't think I can bear another pity conversation with him. And Noah's like, who knows? Maybe he'll do like a little pre-9-11 rom-com move where he chases you through the airport to stop you. And Howie's like, I thought you didn't want that rom-com bullshit for me. But Noah says that all he wants is for Howie to be happy. Aww. And so Howie makes Noah promise that he won't tell Charlie. Of course. Noah goes straight to Charlie's house. Mm -hmm. And when he walks in, Brayden is like, can I help you? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, get a new line. And just like stomps over to Charlie and tells him that Howie's leaving. And Charlie's like, oh, my God. Like it's really complicated with Reese. Like I knew him before I came out and I owe him. And Noah's like, drop the nice guy shtick because this is your chance to have something real with Howie. And Noah says that he doesn't really get it, but he's been wrong about a lot of stuff this week. And he looks over at Will and he's like, maybe I was even wrong about, um, you and you're like you're not the idiot I thought you were so go prove it because if you fuck this up it's game over Cooper comes over inserts himself where he doesn't belong mm. and he's like what are you like talking about like and Charlie is like how he's leaving and Reese is like oh my gosh you think that like Charlie wants to fuck that little Asian guy and Charlie is like that's enough. Like, don't say that. Noah starts to leave and he turns around and he says, you know, it's funny. I'm the only person this week who has stopped to consider whether Charlie, like whether he deserved Howie or not. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So Noah leaves and he tells Will that he was right about this place. I, I really love that they had that line in there. Yeah. Very poignant. So we then go to the pier. Noah makes it just in time to say goodbye to Howie. He asks him if he's sure he wants to go. 
Howie says yes, and Noah promises to visit him in San Francisco. So Howie gets on the ferry, and Keegan asks why it feels like this is their last summer here ever. And Luke says, because it is stupid. And Aaron says, it couldn't last forever. Some stuff has to change. And Noah says he feels like all the wrong stuff is changing. And this moment, like, really broke my heart because of Bo and Yang. Like, the way that he looks as he's walking towards that ferry when he's sitting on the ferry and just that, like, single tear falls down broke my heart. He he was he's just, like, so good in this movie. And I am so excited to see him in more film because he's just so supremely talented. So I'm excited for his career ahead. Yeah. While Howie is crying on the ferry, Charlie runs up and he's with Will and he's like, oh my God, did we miss him? Are we too late? And Noah's like, yeah, obviously. The ferry's like fucking halfway down the river? Ocean? The body of water title that I'm seeing is New York, New Jersey Bite. But yes, it is the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. The only thing is like, I'm not sure if the immediately surrounding waters are Mm. a part of a different body and then it goes out into the ocean or not. Right, right. Like the East River is a facet of the ocean, but it's like, you know, tucked away and then it goes into the ocean. Doesn't matter. Anyways, (laughs) he's halfway he's halfway to the island. So (laughs) of Manhattan. So Noah's like, okay, well. If you want to get him back, you have to do something big and stupid. Ah. And Will is like, follow me. I have an idea. And Noah's like, what are you doing? And he's like, something big, something stupid. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so. William. I know. So Howie gets off the ferry. He starts rolling his little suitcase away when he hears some people yelling his name in the distance. <gasps> They stole a water taxi and are pulling up to the dock. There's also just like many a pride flag flying on this ferry. And Howie's like, what's with all the flags? So they finally get to the dock. Charlie jumps off and he's like, I'm so sorry for everything. I was wrong. Like, I don't know what I was thinking with Reese. And Noah's like, Charlie, this is your big rom-com moment. Like, do something stupid. Do something big. And Charlie's like, I love you. And everyone's like, They're like, oh. not that big, not that stupid. Swing and a miss. And even Howie's like, yeah, we're, we're not really there yet. And Charlie kind of reins it in. And he's like, the, the thing is, what I want you to know is how fucking incredible I think you are. You are the most interesting man I've ever met and the funniest and you're beautiful and I really, really like you. Mm. Charlie's about to cry. Howie's about to cry. I'm about to cry sitting at home on my couch. We're all done. And Howie just looks at him and he's like, you actually stole a boat for me? And Charlie's like, I actually stole a boat for you. And he kisses him and everybody cheers. Also important to note that what is playing in the background of this is a cover of Sometimes by, By oh my God. Yes, by Muna. And it is perfection. Ah, I love Muna. Mm -hmm. So we get a little fun times montage. Mm. Noah watches everyone 
drinking and talking. And he says that the whole trip, he was so worried about the house, but it's actually always been about the people and that they'll be fine. They'll be able to make new memories. But when he looks back on the years he spent with his family on Fire Island, this is what he'll remember. Oh, so Noah then sits down with Will on the pier and he's like, today was a lot. Like all that trauma for what? Like what happens now? How he goes back to San Francisco, the pine bubble bursts, and in six months they'll be, and Will cuts him off and says, in love, maybe even happy. <laughs> and Noah's like, yeah, you know, you're probably right. How he always wanted a vacation boyfriend he could find here, like pluck him out, take him to the real world. And Will asks Noah what he wants. And Noah's like, you know, I always thought my whole life that I had everything and everyone figured out, but I've been wrong about everything this week. And Will says that it feels like longer than a week, you know? Time works differently here. Mm-hmm. And then Noah asks Will what he wants. He's like, oh, let me guess. He wants some horrible marriage with like a French bulldog, yada, yada, yada. But Will actually gestures to this older couple dancing near them on the pier and says that that's what he wants. And this is also just like especially poignant when you think about it in the context of the AIDS crisis because yes, like a exactly. whole generation of people were – wiped out were lost and yeah. so to see like an older gay couple both of them still it's here rare. it's yeah it's extremely rare so this is like yeah really I, I truly can't stress enough the significance of this moment absolutely he then asked noah to dance and noah immediately starts firing off like all these reasons that they're wrong for each other that they won't work and will just stops and he's like hey it's just a dance Aww. Noah asks him what happens after that. And he's like, we'll just have to find out. So Noah and Will dance as the sun is setting. Also playing in the background this whole time is Let's Dance by Donna Summer. And this absolutely gorgeous shot with like the sunset between like their faces as they lean in and they finally kiss. It is such a beautiful moment. And our last moment of the film is Howie interrupting them and saying, can I have a moment with my sister? (laughs) And they all laugh and they all dance to Let's Dance as we like pan out and we just see this beautiful group of people dancing on the pier. And that's Fire Island. (laughs) I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) Was I crying when I watched this? Absolutely I was. Oh my gosh. (sighs) Yeah, I I really liked the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my here's my honest, candid mm-hmm. wait, candid? Yeah, candid opinion. I think there was a lot of exposition. Yeah. I think that some things could have been edited. Mm-hmm. But at the core, I think that um Booster did a, an amazing job mm-hmm. at adapting Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. I think that the romantic relationships were clear and like so enthralling. Mm-hmm. And I overall really enjoyed it. I think it was a film that was it, – it is really important that it was made for not only representation but, like, positive representation. And yeah, it's a well-made film. Mm-hmm. And it just made me feel super emotional because there aren't a lot of 
widely released films that capture um, a really poignant, you know, gay romance. And it was like really beautiful to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really loved it because I feel like it, it hit a lot of like really important like topics and talking points without being like preachy or anything like that. Like it felt just super genuine and really like a, a little slice of life type of thing. And I also love that it didn't feel like, oh, we are just like copying and pasting Pride and Prejudice into like this setting. It was adapted in a really beautiful way that showcased yeah. like very real aspects of what I imagine it to be like at Fire Island. And I know that there's probably so many layers to this film that like I will never understand. Mm -hmm. But what I was able to glean from it, I, I certainly felt very moved by so much of it. And it also made me think about that trend that we saw in like the late 90s and the early 2000s where all of like teen movies were adaptations of classics like 10 things oh, i hate yeah, about like, you yes yes to me she's the, the man she's all that mm -hmm. Twelfth night yeah yeah that like that whole kind of trend that we saw and that's really kind of faded away but i do kind of hope that this movie helps usher in that trend in cinema a little bit more because oh yes i see a lot of similarities with this movie and those films not just because it's a, a classic adaptation but because those were all like coming of age stories for teenagers and i feel like this is also a coming of age story because yeah at the end of the day what it's about is the ending of an era and it's the they're closing the chapter or like they're closing the book on this what am i trying to say they're closing the page on this chapter in the book of their lives of like this time that they've spent <laughs> together yeah. at fire island and they're going into something new which isn't necessarily bad mm -hmm. but it's just a different phase of their lives and we get to see noah really like grow into this aspect of his personality that he's kept hidden so long that he's been so afraid of being so vulnerable. Yeah. So it really is a coming of age story because growth like that can happen at any age. It doesn't just have to be when you're like a teenager in high school. And I, I'm now thinking further that that's also especially poignant with a gay narrative because I've like seen a lot of discourse online and amongst friends and stuff about how when you are gay there is sort of like a, sometimes for some people like a delayed puberty because you didn't get to like date and experience these things in high school so sometimes that comes later in life so that coming of age can be at any age you're not totally in tune potentially you mm -hmm. know not everyone but yeah you might not be in tune completely with the people that you like, who you find attractive and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So you have to experience that first love or that mm -hmm. first, those first moments later on in life. Yeah. And um, I just think it's really um, an amazing story. I love what they did. I don't know. It makes me feel like emotional because I just think that for a lot of people, even when we were growing up, like you couldn't see a movie like this. Yeah. And it is rated R granted, but like, this actually is able to show uh, people who are okay with being gay and they live their lives being gay and they go to this thing and they mm -hmm. um, end up finding these partners who they really like. But there isn't a lot of ways for people who might not be exposed to that to see that otherwise. Yeah. So like this movie is an opportunity for people to actually see that you can live a life being gay and then find your partner, whatever the case may be. But like you can do that 
mm-hmm. and do it in your own time and figure out what you want to do. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially for people who like might not grow up in big cities and might not know about a place like Fire Island to see like, oh, there oh, are yeah. these these places that exist where I can go and I can feel accepted. And of course, you know, it has its pros and its cons. Like no society is like utopian and perfect, but to know that there is a place where like you can go and, and feel accepted. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's great that this movie is now available to kind of showcase that that story. Yeah, and it was also really funny. Like we didn't get to inject all of the jokes that happened. Oh, there's the so many good little clips. But everyone, yeah. Well, I know that obviously Boney Yang is a comedian. Mm-hmm. Booster, the guy who wrote and um, mm-hmm. acted, he was the main character Noah in the film. He is a comedian. Yeah, Luke is a comedian. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Keegan is. Like I'm assuming, yeah, that he also is. And of course, Margaret Cho is a comedian. Mm-hmm. Like. So many funny actors in this movie. Yeah. So much talent. Really great performances across the board. Really, I can't I can't recommend it enough. I think it's a really, a really beautiful addition to the rom-com renaissance. Rom-com renaissance. <laughs> rom-com renaissance. It's here. It's coming. So yeah, I'm super glad that this movie came out when it did. So we got to cover it like so quickly. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed it. That being said, what, was, what would you rate it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because I really, really liked it. Hmm. I don't know. Because I gave But I'm a Cheerleader a 9. I gave Debs like a 6.5. I really did like this. And I feel like it's probably the one that I will rewatch the most just because I really love rom-coms. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to give it a 9. Whoa, I was going to give it an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. For me, like, but I'm a cheerleader was more personally, yeah, like satisfying and relatable. But I really enjoy the movie. I think that I'll also watch it again because I also want to watch it without taking notes on it. That's what I watched it once just to watch it and then a second time to take notes, which I'm really glad that I did because I also noticed things in my second watch that I didn't really pick up on the first time. Yeah, there were a lot of points where I just had to um, watch the scenes and Mm -hmm. then be like, okay, pause and write about it because I was like, I can't do both. Like there's so Mm -hmm. much happening and I wanted to take it all. But yeah, definitely going to be a rewatch. Maybe I'll have a movie night with Monica. We can watch it. Do a little double feature, a little <gasps> Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice, Fire Island. Yeah. Holy That's shit. That's actually yeah. what I did today because I watched Pride and Prejudice in the morning and then I watched Fire Island in the afternoon to take notes. Nice. So yeah. I recommend. Yeah. Super enjoyable. But yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, if you're in Canada, head over to Disney Plus. In the US, you can watch it on Hulu. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it for uh, th- three hours now. We're going to see how much I can cut this down. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember There's earlier a lot to on say. we were like, oh, we're moving by so quickly. <laughs> and then we just had too much to say. There's a lot to talk about. And I feel like we barely even like scratch the surface. There's There's mm-hmm. so much with this film. But we hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to see what we're doing next week, you can always follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. And you can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. Yes. And you can follow us on TikTok. We have a lot of great content on there. It's Movies That Raised Us pod. 
Or if you want, you want to send us a little email, good old-fashioned prose, mm. you can email us at us at gmail.com. Yes, and we will see you next week for another Pride Month flick. Yes, thank you so much. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.